Welcome to the Internet Report, where we uncover what's working and what's breaking on the Internet and why. There was a very significant outage with a major CDN provider, Fastly, earlier today. So we wanted to unpack that outage and show our listeners or, and our viewers um, how that unfolded for many of Fastly's customers. And so to talk about all this, I'm joined today by Hans Ashlock, who uh, is part of our uh, uh, technology and innovation team. And so we're really excited to drill down into what we were able to observe from the Thousand Eyes standpoint. So welcome, Hans. Thank you. Great to be here. Great. So I know, you know, it's interesting. We were talking about this earlier. Uh, you have a, kind of like your own application that you have set up, um, you know, and it's used to kind of demonstrate how applications are often uh, kind of composed. And so you can kind of look at different pieces of it. And you actually use a couple of CDM providers to uh, deliver this application. One of them is Fastly and the other is Cloudflare. And so in your own sort of application that you've put together, you can, you can see that you were impacted by this outage uh, earlier today. Yeah, that's right. We, so uh, we have a, a sort of a cloud native demo app that we put together. Um, but uh, serendipitously, what, what we wanted to showcase, actually, we just did a webinar uh, this morning on, um, on, on how to optimize app performance across network and, and app dev teams. And, uh, and we wanted to deploy sort of a more real world application. Um, and for us, that means that your app is actually more than just that sort of, um, you know, that, that Kubernetes cluster or your, what in, in edge compute parlance, the origin, right? Um, it's, it's much more than the, the app that you have running in, um, in GCP or your data center, but it is all, it is that and then all of these externalities that it depends right. on, DNS. And, you know, we talk about that all the time in Thousand Eyes, that's what we live and breathe. But right. um, we wanted to put together a demo app that actually used the edge and depended on the edge. And so um, this demo app actually is fronted by both CDN and, and, and Fastly. So, or Cloudflare uh, and Fastly. I'm sorry, Cloudflare and Fastly, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, so we were able to catch this, this outage and it was a, a pretty good example of um, why it's so critical to have outside invisibility, not just to your app, but you know, to your app application edge and all the dependent services. Right. So, so why don't we pull that up and take a look? And as you're doing that, just to refresh our viewers, um, the Fastly outage that happened this morning, it started around 9.50 UTC. So that's 5.50 a.m. Eastern time. So fairly early from the standpoint of North American uh, users, but would have had a pretty significant impact to um, both EMEA. Um, you know, this was taking place during the this really kind of the morning or midday uh, for them, um, but also um, for uh, evenly, e early evening users in um, in uh, Asia Pac. So started around you know again 9:50 UTC and lasted approximately an hour until about 10:50 UTC, and we can see that here you know almost immediately on the screen that you see a dip in availability as, as Hans is showing um, right now. Yeah, so 
so what we're what we're actually what we're looking at um, is three of our tests that we have set up um, simultaneously. We're kind of layering them over, so that's why this dip is is not too deep. But we're um, we're targeting our app as it is hosted on uh, Fastly, and then we're targeting our app origin, which is hosted in uh, in GCP, running on Kubernetes, and then we're targeting our application as it's hosted on Cloudflare. So. Uh, it's pretty obvious when we switch between those views um, that this is, you know, clearly a, a Fastly issue, right? Um, so, you know, that's pretty obvious. I'll just sort of, I'll jump to the, uh, the Fastly test so we can, we can take a look at this a little bit more deeply. So just, we, I just want to use this to kind of get a sense of the, um, a little bit of the breadth and scope and, and depth of the outage because, you know, as it turns out for this demo app, um, there, we, there's no, there, there's no backup plan. So we, we caught the whole outage. <laughs> Whereas I think some of the other examples we'll look at, uh, we'll talk, we'll, we'll talk through some of the interesting examples of, um, how to, how to mitigate these kind of issues. Um, but definitely having a multi-CDN, um, uh, architecture approach is, is one of the good ways to do that. So, right. um, if we just, zoom in a little bit to see some of these times and this is all in UTC. So, oh, whoops. Um, so the first period that we saw um, anything hit uh, was around uh, 9.50 UTC. And we're starting to see, that's when we first started seeing some errors. Um, right. I don't think that we saw any errors in page load anytime. Yeah, so it's right around that that time, uh, a nine, 950s, about, about the earliest that we saw anything. Um, and, and those first errors that we saw, so 950, you know, 950 uh, the first errors that we saw were uh, connection, connection timed out errors right. um, and connection refused. So that tells us that the, um, this is probably a pretty significant outage. Um, and then I think up till around 1037, so um, you know, just, just under an hour, it was, it was pretty significant and started to improve at that point and started, um, clearing up around, around 1052. And then we saw some residual issues. Um, you know, this may be related to cache refreshes and that, that sort of thing, but, um, right. that's kind of the, but basically maps to what Fastly reported in terms of around the time that the outage began. And they, they first did a status update on that or status sort of notification on this, I think around 9.58 UTC. And then roughly an hour later, they, they said that they had implemented the fix and, you know, they have a very large CDN uh, network. So, you know, in some instances that may have taken longer to propagate through all of their nodes. And so, um, you know, there, there was a little bit of a, a kind of a tail, um, uh, like lingering effect in some of the views that we saw, but for the most part, it, it tracks to what Fastly reported. Yeah. And, and we were running transaction tests actually, actually at the same time, transaction tests are thousand eyes, um, uh, synthetic tests that are, you know, actually doing user, user actions on websites and that kind of thing. And so, when you jump in and you look at the waterfall, I think some of these have screenshots. Um, so the ones that are, are failing out, um, we can see what most people would have seen, which is just that, that fun, you know, 503 error 
screen there. So, um, you know, that it vary what people are seeing, whether they can't connect or if they are connecting. And that's one of the things that's maybe a little bit misleading. Sometimes it seems like you're getting a connection, you know, your the page is loading, but when it's, you know, in terms of performance, what it's loading is an error page that's telling you that the service is unavailable. Um, right. So, um, one thing I wanted to do is is drill down into this a little bit to sort of get a sense of like um, what's kind of the internal severity of the error. And this is sort of just an academic exercise. You know, you, we see a variety of of outages, and in fact, we were looking at a a small Cloudflare outage that was regional in um, in the UK region just a while back, um, which was really just it looked like it was just like server overload issues. So page load times and HTTP server response times were, um, were really high, uh, but there were no, you know, connection errors and some of these, you know, uh, internal server errors. So when we see something like the, an internal server error, that is, that tells us that the, the server at the, at the pop edge at the, at the cloud edge is actually responding. It can do something. Right. Um, now 500 means that, you know, there's a server sort of downstream or upstream or whatever you're, whatever way you're measuring that is not able to fulfill that request. But the, the server at the very edge can at least um, let you know that there's a problem with the system. And what I think is interesting about, um, about this outage is as we kind of drill down, you can look at the page load, you know, we see, you know, a lot of um, page load issues. We drill down to the HTTP server level. We're seeing a lot of, um, you know, connection, connection refused, uh, 503 responses, 500 responses. Um, but even when we drill down into the, the network uh, view, we can actually see that corresponding to the outage is quite a bit of network loss, which is interesting because we already know that this is not really a network issue. So, um, and this is, this is actually an interesting aspect to some of these edge um, outages and cloud outages in that if you look at the path visualization, what you're gonna see is some nodes that have quite a bit of forwarding loss. So 91% forwarding loss. Um, let's look at a different one here that might have a little more of these. You know, a bunch of 100% forwarding loss here, 95% forwarding loss here, network loss here. So the question is, is this a network issue? Well, anyone that has been using Thousand Eyes for a while and is kind of doing advanced um, troubleshooting with Thousand Eyes, especially with the path visualization view, knows um, that you know typically when you see forwarding loss in the path, that means that you know that router or the or the upstream router is dropping packets. Um, but when you see forwarding loss in the very last node right before your target node. So this is the server that we're targeting that DNS has responded with this 151.101. Um, 
there's a good chance that the reason that the error is showing up here is that this node was not able to forward this request onto this node. And it's highly likely that it's because this node is just not able to process and service that request. Um, so the, in the significance of that is that it gives us a little sense of like sort of the, the depth of what was going on um, within the Fastly infrastructure uh, in that, you know, this was not just sort of a, whatever, whatever was happening propagated all the way out to the very bleeding edge of, right. of, the, of, the, um, of those pop servers. Uh, right, so traffic really wasn't able, you know, the requests really were not able to make it beyond the far edge node. And I think if you look at the, the headers that we see, um, even there in that 503, if we were to open up the headers, um, yeah. uh, the response that we're getting from the server. I mean, one interesting thing here, if we're looking at the, you know, the Fastly debug path, we can see that, you know, this, this particular um, kind of uh, vantage point, which is in Paris, is connecting to a Fastly node. You know, we see the airport code, uh, Charles yeah, de Gaulle. Charles de Gaulle. Yep. We know that that node is in Paris, um, but it's not, you know, we, we only see one node that it's hitting. It's, right. it's not getting forwarded on to any other node within Fastly's network. That's effectively where the response is coming from. And so, you yeah. know, this is all effectively kind of terminating, if you will, at an application level, um, really at the edge. Yeah, in theory, I mean, you're going to see at least, you should, if you turn on, so what this, this Fastly debug, um, you know, as part of their um, developer resources as a user, you could turn, you can turn that on. Um, and we, if we back up a few steps here and look at the headers, when, um, you know, before the out, we, before we see the outage, we don't see those, those headers. So right. And also just an interesting thing to note there, if you go back to the previous um, view when it was available, yeah. you can see that, you know, when you've set, set up this application, you can see that the, the index file, you know, kind of the root object is set to not store, right? And so what that means is that Fastly basically needs to pull that from the origin with every user request. And so it, it should hit the edge server and then it should go further than that. It shouldn't be yeah. served by that edge node that you're hitting. It needs to go to, you know, it needs to be forwarded to some node within Fastly's network that's going to request it from origin. Yeah, it, it needs to at least yeah. go back and and right. and query the origin to see um, at the very least. I think uh, private. No, yeah, I'm not going to get a cache cache control. Yeah. Um, right. <laughs> need to go there. Right, right. And so clearly, clearly, <laughs> yes, wasn't able to do that. It wasn't able to do that. You know, when we when we uh, move forward and we yeah, there's an issue. So this is you're right. So this is interesting. And 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 typically, you know, the, what is the depth of of Fastly's cache network? You know, I think you 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 know typically see at least two nodes there, maybe maybe more right. before you know it it pushes out to um, sort of the the other side of the edge um, on right. toward the origin. So this right. just so confirms need to have more of a hierarchical back like architecture, right? Yes. Um, um, that's what 
you know, you're, you're kind of speaking to. Yeah. So, yeah. So this just kind of confirms that, um, that really this was, this was felt at the edge of the edge. Right. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. The edge of the edge. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. So we kind of see, you know, like just where within its, its, uh, kind of service, this, this is taking place and where we're seeing the problem. Um, and of course, it's, we also saw that it was global. This wasn't uh, kind of reserved for a particular area. Whatever happened when they said this was a configuration issue, um, this was, you know, something that affected everything. Um, yeah. so likely, you know, it wasn't like, you know, you had servers that were blowing up anywhere. This was really kind of a, an application level problem um, that impacted their service or their service globally. Yeah. Um, so, and it's interesting, as you mentioned, you know, you're using just that one CDN for that particular um, URL that you're targeting. We saw very different manifestations of the outage depending on the, uh, the Fastly customers. So, and how they had kind of architected their, their application or their service delivery. Um, and so, you know, some were using Fastly exclusively, some were using Fastly plus some combination of other CDNs. And that, along with, you know, some of their own mitigation efforts meant that they actually were impacted very differently. Um, mm -hmm. We can certainly take a look at. Yeah, we can, we can jump to that. I think this is a good example of, you know, what, what a... CDN edge outage look like when you have no remediation plan. Right, right, right. Um, <laughs> um, so I think definitely right. It's sort of that that valley of of uh, unavailability and uh, user despair. So um, yeah, so let's maybe take a look at uh, some examples of very well known uh, sites and how they were impacted as a result of this this outage. Here we're looking at what we saw in terms of the availability of Reddit during the outage. So we're testing uh, at about 10 minute uh, intervals. You know, we can see here that between 9.50 or around 9.50 here, um, we start to see a very large uh, portion of users starting to get these, these 500 or these 502 errors, right? So this is kind of the onset from the standpoint of, of Reddit users. And then, you know, it continues to spread and sort of at its um, peak or, you know, in terms of availability at its um, lowest point, we see that there's, you know, these service unavailable errors, you know, again, impacting users globally. And these global users are not connecting to centralized points, right? Because the whole point of the CDN is that they're highly distributed. So you're located out on, in Australia, you're gonna be connecting to a server, a Fastly server that's it, likely in Australia, right? Um, so it's interesting here that we can see, for example, that we see a lot of red, but we also see some green. This is a little bit um, misleading because if we were to look at that Hong Kong location here, so we can drill down um, into that, you know, it, it appears like, oh, okay, perhaps they're available. But if we look at the page load, I mean, it's interesting because we can see that even though, you know, this initial um, kind of root object, this index file, you know, first of all, it's, it's taking forever to load. So we're getting a really, really high 
um, level of, of response time, you know, almost three seconds. And then, you know, we can see that subsequently we're getting that same error, you know, so effectively, even though, you know, it appeared, um, you know, because the server was, was responding that it was available, you know, with, um, or was responding with a 200 for the root object, it actually wasn't really able to load the page. So this was something that was for Fastly users, wherever they were located, you know, this was something that was going to impact them. Um, and we can see that, you know, for example, here, you know, we can see a lot of throughput for Fastly. And then if we go to the next round, we see very different um, sort of uh, view here. Um, so th this, was, this was a very interesting sort of example of a particular um, uh, site, in this case, Reddit, that was only using Fastly. And because of that, um, they had a very significant impact to their availability for the duration of the outage. And we can see here that, you know, it wasn't until 11 and even a little bit after that it, did, it, went, it didn't go back uh, to 100% uh, availability. And just to kind of confirm the, the fact that they're only being served from Fastly, we can see here you know, that all of the, the nodes that they're hitting, these edge nodes, are, um, but, or belong to Fastly. So they're not using multiple CDNs. We can see just even from the IP addresses that they're all kind of in the same IP space. Um, so that's very interesting. And that is very different from what we saw with uh, the New York Times. So NewYorkTimes.com, they also use Fastly as their CDN provider and appear to, to also, similar to Reddit, use them as their sole provider. And we can see here again, you know, in the, in the sort of the eye of the storm or in the middle of the outage, again, those same 503 service unavailable errors. Now, what's interesting about them is that we do actually see um, a little bit of a um, earlier, um, just slightly, just ever so slightly, you know, so about 40 minutes into the outage, we start to see that these errors are, are going away. And what's interesting about this is that, let's go to, let's go just a little bit back in time. So we can see here these, this, you know, 151.101.132, you know, dot zeros, it's like a slash 22 prefix you know, these belong to Fastly. And we can see that around, um, let's see, so around 3.30 Pacific time, so this was uh, 10.30 UTC, we start to see that they're now moving over their nodes to Google, this is likely where they have their origin uh, content hosted. And then if we go to the next round, we see now even more users are connecting to Google. And as we keep moving forward, now we see that they've all been moved over to Google. So, you know, they, they were able to sort of recognize that their users weren't able to reach them. You know, now 40 minutes is a long time for an outage, right? This is not clearly not something that was being mitigated through any automation means. This was something where, you know, they clearly realized that Fastly was, was hard down, and it wasn't something that was going to be remediated, um, you know, anytime soon, or it didn't seem so. So they started to move over the users to their origin. Um, and then, you know, 
about 10 minutes later, that's when Fastly started to come back online. Um, so that's a really interesting example of a provider who uses one CDN who then is sort of kind of leveraging a, a manual mitigation to get past the outage. Now, for a lot of really large sites, most of them are not going to be using a single CDN for some of the same reasons that we looked at here. You know, even if you have a CDN provider that nearly all of the time they're available, um, and we know that's the case with Fastly, nobody's immune to outages, and it's bound to happen eventually, so why, why not plan for that? Um, so this is an interesting example. Um, if we look here, this is Amazon. Now, if we start at the network layer and just kind of look at what uh, edge each of the users are connecting to, we see quite a lot of diversity. So we see we've got some users connecting to CloudFront. So this is Amazon's own CDM provider. We've got some users connecting to, so definitely favoring Amazon in this particular round. Um, but we also see other uh, providers as well. Actually, let's, they've already mitigated at this point. Let's go back in time. Somewhere and in it, there. Yeah, so when it started. So this is um, even earlier, so let's go yeah, back. Yeah, I think you need to, to go back to at least 9.50. Okay, so we've got like 9.56. So here we saw some of the similar behavior that you did on mm -hmm. your own app where it looked like there was some traffic loss. Now here we see Fastly, so they're certainly in the mix. Um, we also see some CloudFront. Um, we also see, um, for example... Can you group destination by network? Yes, so we can go ahead and filter for that. So for example, let's look at Akamai. So they, they, they use Akamai, a, a major uh, CDM provider. We look, we can see that these particular users are being served by Akamai. Uh, we can do the same thing and we can look and see you've got Fastly in there. And of course we have Amazon and their own, their own CDN service CloudFront. So they've got you know, multiple providers that they're using. Their DNS is uh, their own DNS Route 53 for this particular www.amazon.com uh, and DNS is a really nice way to um, load balance traffic across um, destinations. In this case, you know they can use it to leverage, uh, or they can use it to load balance across multiple CDN providers. Now, what's interesting if we just isolate to Fastly, we can see at some point, you know, this is about. 20 minutes into the outage. So, okay, so we're at 10, you know, just after 10, we still see we've got one match there. And moving forward, 10, 10, and it's about 10, 20, I believe. Yep, between 10, 18 and 10, 20 is when they effectively removed Fastly um, from uh, you know, serving their content. And now we can see they're no longer any of the edge nodes. Uh, we still have Akamai and uh, Amazon CloudFront in there. So you know, this was roughly 30 minutes after the outage began 
that also potentially looks like something that wasn't necessarily automated. Um, we don't know, but but you know could could have been something that was manual, or, or maybe they had some um, method of determining when they would switch over from a CDM provider. So they were covered faster than uh, the New York Times. And then now is it the, is it likely, Angelique? I'm just um, mm-hmm. that they would be that that would be a case of modifying the DNS en- entries. Is it that? Simple, they could, is that- right, right. So they could certainly remove, um, you know, vastly as a, you know, as part of like a, a DNS response, right? So when the users request, you know, how do I get to www.amazon.com? Well, you know, they're, they're using their own DNS service they're, and they're going to provide a response to the user. And when they provide that response, they could simply... Um, not give them an option, you know, not give them a Fastly IP address um, or, you know, uh, a Fastly host name. And in that way, they can remove them, you know, from, from service effectively. You know, they're yeah, just because, not pointing users to them anymore. Yeah, that's interesting. Because I think in theory, if they are changing the resource that it's pointing to and not having to rely on some, you know, DNS caching issue that has to propagate it should be, in theory, immediate. So it, it kind of makes me wonder what, what process they had to take. Well, they would still need to, you know, because they also, their CDN or their DNS service is also highly distributed. So they right. need whatever change they would need to make would just, would, would need to be, you know, kind of pushed out globally. Um, and so however long that, that took them to react Based on the fact that it took them 30 minutes, I don't know that it was necessarily automated, but I think they, they were likely using DNS as the mechanism to switch over, switch off of Fastly. And that's very different, for example, from eBay. They also use multiple providers. But what's really interesting here, and this is a little bit deceptive, because on the surface, if you just look at um, what we're seeing here, you can see that, you know, during the duration of the outage, here's like 9.50 and then going, you know, all the way to 10.50, everything looks green. Mm. So why is that, right? Hmm. Um, what's interesting is that if we go down to path visualization, we can look and we can see that they basically, it appears that they're using Akamai, right? So Akamai, and if we look and just try to determine whether Fastly, nope, we don't see any Fastly, right? So, you know, on the surface, it might look like uh, eBay users completely, you know, were unimpacted by this outage. But actually, if we go up to the page load level, um, we see that that's not the case. So if we look, let's just take, for example, Chicago. Um, If we go to the waterfall, one of the things that we can see here is that they're using Akamai as their effectively front door, right? So Akamai is serving their root object, serving the index.html text file, which is effectively the instructions on on what needs to be loaded onto the page. But Fastly is serving a lot of the content that makes up this page. And so even though, you know, it appears that users were unimpacted, actually they were impacted in very much the same way as um, they did some of these other sites. Um, And that sort of speaks to the need, not just to understand how like a root object is, is loading, but also every single component because very often they're, they're being served from distributed sources and distributed or, or different CDNs. And in this case, you know, Fastly was one of them. 
So that is, that's actually a really interesting insight and um, an aspect of, of this outage um, in particular for eBay. And it's, it's something that I have seen elsewhere when looking into sort of edge related issues. Um, in fact, uh, I saw something similar with uh, a, an issue on Cloudflare and really didn't end up having anything to do with Cloudflare, but we were looking at issues with um, uh, application loading times. And as we drilled into the, uh, the waterfall view, we saw the same thing, um, but it was related to a, um, a more of a, a specific CDN called StackPath, which is related to serving up um, resources for for websites. So they they provide um, sort of a you know a built-in framework for um, all of essentially the code and all of the core objects that you know a modern responsive website need. And the idea is that you know it makes you know loading all of the the core objects and essentially the core code of your site much faster. Well, um, what we saw is that those objects were, were taking a really long time to load. And we actually had tests set up to the StackPath CDN um, and saw a lot of issues there. Um, so I think it's, it's a great example of sort of where is where is the edge? You know, the edge is sort of the first thing that your end users hit when they're trying to access your, your application. Right. Um, but there are other, you know, that this is another, yet another cloud external service that, you know, your modern application that is globally distributed depends on and how the availability of those sites and, and, resources impacts your application performance can um, can really crop up in different ways. Right. There are basically many different critical paths for an application. Could be that the critical path is between resources or workloads on the back end um, or between application tiers, whether they're hosted um, locally or those are distributed, but also, you know, bear in mind that the critical path could be through uh, the the edge, you know, whether that's right. like first hitting DNS or hitting the the initial kind of the tip of the spear uh, uh, edge or CDN provi provider, like in this case, it's Akamai, right? But then you have this other CDN provider and other resources that are hosted, um, you know, across these different services, and they are also in the critical path. And so if you if you don't factor them in, then you're, you're really only looking at a slice of, of what contributes to user experience. And in this case, if you're just factoring in Akamai being up and responding, well, that doesn't tell you anything. In fact, you may get the false sense that your service is available, when in fact, it is not. Yeah, and it's, it's kind of, um, so we don't, we don't see this, but it's sort of double, it can be kind of, um, you know, doubly challenging to identify. So when you're looking at what they think of as sort of that outside edge, the front door, what is the, what, what drives um, variability in performance? It's where your users are connecting from and where that edge is, right? So it's the, it's, um, it's, it, 
it's the geo regions there. On the back end, when your um, when your core uh, application, you know, your origin is leveraging external cloud API and SaaS services, like you know, using Stripe for payment services. Then the driving factor is where your uh, app server is hosted. Where's the origin? Is it in, you know, is it, and what cloud is it in? Or um, that's going to really drive that. What's interesting about these, I guess we, we call them like site related CDNs and external resources is that it's where this, where the front door CDN, if it's hosted on the CDN right. is located right. because it's actually going to be the path from, because it's the, it's the browser that's, um, that's loading it. So actually, I think that would mean it's the end user where the end user is, because in theory, this the browser is the one making the request um, out to those resources. So that's right. Yeah. And so uh, in that case, from a mitigation standpoint, one way, uh, a couple of options in terms of like steering users away from uh, Fastly in this case to maybe another provider that also hosts those resources. One of them could be they could modify the, um, you know, the index.html file to kind of point to a different resource, or if they also control the DNS uh, record for, in this case, we have like ebaystatic.com, that could, uh, they mm -hmm. could point that to potentially another provider that, that again, also hosts the same content. Yeah. So a couple of options there in terms of, of um, you know, making sure that Fastly is, is not impacting users. But a couple of lessons, you know, I guess, in terms of, you know, what, what listeners and, and viewers can take away is, you know, as we talked about the need to, to see, you know, not only at a network level, but an application level and need, needing to be able to see uh, to the edge and across the edge dependencies, as well as in the back end and all of those critical paths. But also, you know, as we can see here, if you have multiple providers, then you, you have uh, potentially more mitigation possibilities available to you to do things like failover or, um, you know, uh, kind of remove uh, uh, services that are not, not responding uh, from, you know, from serving up your content. So redundancy is key to enable resiliency for your service. And you need to be able to see, obviously, all of these different points within your service in order to know if you need to leverage that if you don't have it you know, available to you in an automated way. So um, lots, lots to learn from this outage, but very interesting how um, same, same uh, CDM provider, one outage, um, you know, many outcomes. So lot, yeah, lot, lots, lots of different ways that, uh, that, that this manifests itself. Absolutely. So that's, uh, that's our show this week. Um, we hope that you found that helpful in understanding what happened earlier today. If you'd like to subscribe to the podcast, please do so. And if you do, we will send you a free t-shirt. So send us an email at internetreport1000eyes.com, letting, you know uh, letting us know that you've subscribed and give us your address and your uh, t-shirt size and we'll get that sent out to you. So until next time.